the stretch by Robinson. The 3 0 pitch. Swing it on drive! There it is! Number 500! The career 500 home run for Michael Jack Smith! And the Phillies have regained the lead in Pittsburgh, 8 6. And the Phillies dug out to pour the out to home plate. Phillies Talk Podcast is now listener supported. Just go to our Patreon page at Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash Phillies, and you can sponsor this podcast. Welcome to Phillies Talk, the independent podcast from FightinPhillies.com, featuring news and views about Phillies baseball. Hi, this is Gary Matthews. You're listening to the Fighting Fields Phillies Podcast. Hello and welcome to this edition of Phillies Talk. It's the Phillies Talk Podcast for August 26, 2020. My name is Rich Baxter and I'm joined with Mr. Matt Feezy from philliesbell.com. How are you, Matt? Great, Rich. How you doing? Not bad, not bad. Uh, Phillies turned the ship around. Thank God I waited to... <laughs> Bring you on the show to talk Phillies. We have a little bit of a winning streak going here. Uh, two in a row. That's two in a row. You know, if we if we get the third, was the old saying? You know, from the from uh, oh god, I'm drawing a blank now on them. <laughs> the, the movie, wherever that, yeah. wherever that saying and, uh, comes from. And I'm embarrassed to say it, but it's like you know, we win three. That's a winning streak. Yeah, uh, they do happen. So. Uh, they just tied it up tonight. We're we're recording this uh, right now. It's about almost 7 p.m. on Wednesday, August 26th. They're in Washington against the defending world champion Nationals, who they defeated last night. And Reese Hoskins just tied up Wednesday night's game with a home run. So uh, that's him backing Aaron Nola on the mound. So hopefully we can pick up another W here and that would get them back within two games of 500. Yeah, the Phillies have been suffering some tough losses. Uh, looking back at the Blue Jays series, uh, nine to eight, three to two, um, and they've been streaky. They won four games in a row: three against the Mets, one with the Red Sox. Then they went on to lose five in a row. Now they're back to winning again. So. Is this team uh, Jekyll and Hyde, or what are we seeing out here? Can you bring some uh, good uh, analysis to what exactly is the Phillies all about in 2020? I really think this is a good team, Rich. I think it's just they're 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 paying for their failure to upgrade the bullpen in the off season. And the bullpen has let them down at least a half dozen, if not seven or eight times already this season. Uh, they've taken leads into the late innings, and then the pen just comes in, and it's gotten so ridiculous over the last you know week and a half, maybe two weeks, that when it gets to the late innings and the club has a loss, um, I apologize to you, when the club has a lead, the you know, fans, I mean, I can tell by uh, how I feel, but I can also tell by following social media, fans feel like I do, that, like, no lead is safe. 
So yeah, last night they had a like an eight to two lead. Uh, it was four to two into the late innings, and the offense decided, hey, that's not enough for us. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And they they opened it up with four more runs over the last three innings to take an eight to two lead into the ninth inning, and still the you know, bullpen allowed a run in the ninth inning. So you know that give it to uh, hand it to Matt Klentak. He's been under some fire, and uh, rightfully so. But he, he did respond and responded early to the need for helping the bullpen with the trade that they made with the Boston Red Sox and. A lesser one that they made with the Yankees, but especially that Red Sox deal to bring in two new arms. And they're both quality, 31-year-old, uh, hard-throwing right-handers, Brandon Workman and Heath Embry. They've had a mixed mixed results here in their first week with the team, but uh, they should really help uh, bolster the bullpen depth-wise and talent-wise. So I think the problem really, Rich, is just simply goes to the bullpen has – uh, for lack of a better word, sucked, and yeah. you know they've they've bolstered it now. They've made the change in the rotation to Spencer Howard, put Vince Velasquez in the bullpen. If they can stay, if the rest of the starters can stay healthy, and they can leave Vince in the bullpen, and I think that he can help out there as well. So you, you may have a case here where. All of a sudden, their bullpen could become a strength with Workman, Embry, Velasquez, uh, all working their way into the mix there. Uh, so yeah, th- th- that would be a hope because I-, I don't really have a lot of questions about this team's talent as far as the position players go. Uh, they've gotten great seasons so far out of Bryce Harper and JT Realmuto, which we expected. A nice season out of D.D. Gregorius. They, they're 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 playing well without guys like Hoskins and Kingery and even Segura and Andrew McCutcheon uh, not producing really well. They've gotten some good production out of rookie Alec Bohm since he's been called up, and Phil Gosselin has continued to be a revelation off the bench and as a spot starter. So I'm not really I. Th- they have talent and depth in their lineup. Uh, we, we saw how much Roman Quinn can help with his speed a couple of times recently, and having him healthy has been, you know, a real blessing to the team so far. Uh, Jay Bruce is on the injured list right now, but uh, he, he'll be back. And he was shown, as he always does, power from the left side when he was available. So Adam Hazley's back now. I, I really like that. Andrew Knapp. You, can, you have to mention him. Uh, he, he's had a resurgent year. Uh, Neil Walker has been really, really uh, versatile for them off the bench. So I really like this position player group depth wise and talent wise. And I think they have more even to offer the starting pitching. Uh, Zach Wheeler has been everything you could have hoped for when they signed him pretty much. Uh, he's three and zero with a two, seven, six ERA. Uh, Aaron Nola had a hiccup his last start, but Knockwood, he's looking good so far tonight early on. And uh, otherwise, his first four starts were pretty strong. Uh, Jake Arrieta has been a mixed bag over five starts, but he hasn't been a disaster. Uh, Zach Eflin, uh, another mixed bag, but he's been dominant at times. He struck out 29 over 19 in the third innings. And I think the guy that we really want to see get going that can be a real difference maker in the rotation is Spencer Howard. 
Uh, the rookie's been given three starts. He hasn't really shown much yet. Um, he's got the stuff. He's got the talent. And from all the reports, he has the demeanor to succeed up here. He's ready. So we have to start seeing results from him. So uh, I, I really like their position player mix and their starting pitching, especially if Howard can get it going. So it's really a question of getting that bullpen going. And I you know, have to believe that both the pitchers that are left are better than they've shown and that the new additions will help the depth and uh, quality of the bullpen. And that, that's only going to make this team better, I think, uh, as we wrap up August year and move through September. Yeah, and the shortened season. Uh, bad thing about it is if season's half over this probably this week thereabouts. Um Phillies are eleven and fourteen. What's going to be an acceptable season from them this year? Is it going to be another five hundred finish? Is it nothing short of the playoffs? Is failure? What can we hold them to? for 2020 uh, in order to have a good season, do you think? I think it has to be the playoffs, Rich. That's You have eight teams this year. It's the circumstances, you know, say that it has to be uh, postseason or bust. Now, I don't know what bust, you know, entails, but that's what we have to hold uh, Philly's management to is the postseason. It's going to take, if you look at, and I've done, on this already, uh, I put it out on Twitter a few different times over the last maybe three weeks. But you look back in history over the last four or five years, uh, the top eight teams in each league are generally 500 or better teams. There have been a few instances where teams, a game or two uh, under 500, would have made a top eight, but pretty much uh, standard is that if you are 500 or better, and the Phillies were a 500 team last year, if you remember, then if you're a 500 team or better, you will make the postseason in your league. Now, once you're in the postseason, anything can happen. We're talking about short series. Um, we're talking about you know momentum being a part of it. We're talking about health having a lot to do with it. Uh, we're talking about a, a guy just being hot you know, for, for a week or two. One guy can carry a team in a series. So it's getting in, and I think whether they advance very far in the postseason or not, they have to get in. Right now, the eighth place coming into today, anyway, eighth place in the National League was the San Francisco Giants, uh, who were a game under 500. The Phillies are three under 500. So that's really just uh, a one-night swing. I mean, the Phillies win, they're two under. The Giants lose, they're two under. Uh, the Brewers are right here with us, but they're not playing tonight, so they're they're going to stay two under. So, a Phillies win, a Giants loss, and you know they're the Phillies are back in a playoff spot. But you know you don't want to be fighting for that last spot. You know, to, what they really need is a burst. I mean, they need a a string where they go on and win like eight out of ten games, or you know, 12 out of, you know, 15, that kind of stretch where they can maybe push themselves six, you know, five, six, seven games over 500. And then you have some, you know, that, that would be huge over a couple week period, because then as you're saying, with just a 60 game season, if you can get yourself to, you know, four five, six games over 500 to drop out of the playoff spot at that point would take a real collapse. 
So uh, I'm looking at teams right now that are there. Uh, I would say San Diego, Atlanta, the Cubs, the Dodgers, they're all five or more games over 500. They're playoff teams to me. Uh, the Marlins, I'm still not necessarily buying in on them yet, but they're three games over 500 and they've been playing well. Uh, they just called up Sixto Sanchez and a couple of other young pitchers. So, you know, they're improving. And uh, I don't know if they're as fluky as some people think they are, but, you know, I need to see it over more time than this short 25 game span so far. Uh, it's it's a question of for now, you know, they, they just got to keep winning. They got to get to that 500 mark and then start pushing past it. Yeah, like you said, get a streak together of a winning streak, not win four games, lose five, win four games, no, lose right. five, that sort of. Yeah, they but, need, uh, like I said, an eight out of 10 win streak or, you know, extend that even out to like 12 out of 16, you know, that kind of thing. That's what they need. Yeah, and as you said, the Dodgers are playing out of their minds out there on the on the left coast, 22 and nine right now, eight and ten, eight and two rather in their last 10. So, you know, they're going to be there and maybe it's a question of this new revised Phillies team put together, as you said, kind of hastily and quickly by Matt Klantak. I think he's feeling a little fire underneath of him. Uh, there was a lot of call for replacement in the Philadelphia area on the media and the talk shows and all. And uh, maybe this is his shuffling of the deck, so to speak, has made some questionable moves over the last couple of years. But and they haven't produced results. You know, if the if the guys were playing like they should have been, quote unquote, maybe things would be different, but they didn't. So who gets blamed for it? Matt Clentak and crew, um, Andy McPhail. How long do they get here in Philadelphia is, is the question. Do they get another year after this year, two years from now? How, how much longer do we put up with this? Um, you know, your guess is as good as mine, Rich. I've been calling for McPhail to be gone for at least a year, uh, maybe more than a year. He's, uh, you know, to, 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 I hate to use the nickname. I don't hate to use the nickname because I think it fits right now, but that nickname of McFailure is, is being earned. I mean, he's been around now for five years. The arm system is, uh, broadly disrespected across the game. It's ranked in the mid-20s out of 30 MLB organizations, and they haven't had a winning season yet uh, with him around. And if you look back at McPhail's track record running organizations, he's his teams have done largely nothing for more than a quarter century. Uh, I personally think that he's getting by, skating by on his family name and reputation, and and that that is that John Middleton is somehow enamored with you know, having a McPhail, you know, here and, and, and he probably, when you speak to him, he's probably Middleton's kind of guy, you know, he comes across age appropriate to Middleton. He's real, real well-spoken. He, he comes across as knowledgeable. He's been in the game forever. So I'm sure he can talk a good game, but the proof's in the pudding and Middleton's a businessman. He should, you know, he should be more than anybody uh, aware of that. You should look and say, look, I need results. You know, and he's not getting results. So some head has to roll at some point. 
I don't necessarily think that it has to be Klintak. Uh, you know, Klintak as a general manager, he has his hands tied to an extent by uh, Middleton and McPhail. You know, what do they want to spend? What are they willing to spend? Uh, all of the moves haven't been bad. I mean, you're talking about it. You have to, if you're going to put the bad things on Klintak, you have to put the good things on him too. Uh, they did sign Bryce Harper. They did make the trade for JT Real Muto. Now that has to be backed up by signing Real Muto long term, but they did make the deal. He made the deal for McCutcheon to bring him in, and he was doing great until he got hurt last year. So it's hard to hold that against him. Um, it's hard to hold the David Robertson move against him because that was a sound move when it was made. He just, again, unfortunately, Robertson got injured. Uh, he had been one of the most reliable arms in baseball for over a decade prior to that. So, That's you know, it's hard I mean. to fault him. Jay Bruce, yeah. the trade for Jay Bruce. Um, he made some moves last year to try to get keep people together in the second half, you know, bringing in guys like Phil Gosselin. Um, so, you know, it's hard to, to – there were some uh, bad moves, if you will, or moves that – where the guys didn't actually help a lot, but that helps happens with every team. If you look at every team's transaction list, trades and waiver acquisitions and that kind of thing, there are always nothing moves. There are always guys who didn't pan out or didn't do anything. But um, <clears throat> I, I don't necessarily think that Clentac has done a bad job so far. Uh, I don't know what's going on behind the scenes, how much his hands are being tied. He, yeah. he saw the obvious problem, the bullpen, and he did something to try and fix it. He made the deal with the Yankees, and then he went out the same day and made a deal and bought in you know, two big arms from the Red Sox. Uh, paid, paid virtually nothing in Nick Pavetta and uh, a mid-level minor league prospect. So, you know, I, I think he's trying you know, his best with, with the, the parameters that are being – given to him to work with and financially. So, um, you know, when you ask, you know, who's going to pay or who's going to have to answer for things, uh, I think first let's play it out. You know, if they make the playoffs and if they even if say they make the playoffs and they win around, well, nobody, I don't think nobody's going to pay, you know, no heads are going to roll. But uh, if they fail to make the playoffs and the team stays largely healthy, which is the case right now, then I think somebody's going to have to pay. And I would personally, I think it has to start with McPhail. But again, let's see. Let's let it play out. Yeah. And the pickups that they made on paper a few years ago did, they did do well. Arietta, we, we expected more from him, number one. They bring him in, he's a flop. Uh, who else? Some relief pitchers. Uh, we have to go with Robertson, as you said. Well, Tommy um, Hunter, he's been a mixed bag. He was Tommy hurt last Hunter. year. And, you know, this yeah. year he's been a mixed bag. Uh, Blake Parker, he hasn't been bad. You know, he's, he's nothing to write home about, but he's, he's been really good. Uh, this year, so far, he's been probably their most reliable bullpen arm. So uh, there have been some moves, as I said, that, that – uh, have been either positive moves or you can't say that they were negatives. You know, they, they, the Arietta move, you can understand at the time. You know, they had to overpay to bring in a veteran because all their arms that they had were young. 
and they needed somebody and they believed that they were ready to take a next step uh, in their, you know, they believed that they were ready to end their rebuild and start moving towards winning. And they felt that they needed a proven veteran arm, you know, who could go in and uh, start every fifth day, take the ball and uh, give them quality starts most of the time. Uh, Arietta hasn't been that way <clears throat> for half a season either year. He has been, <clears throat> I would say, more than half a season. He has been really strong. And fans seem to forget this, but I've tried to point this one out too uh, a couple of different times. Arietta has been very strong the first two months of his first two seasons in Philly. But then he falls apart. It's almost like, uh, hey, Memorial Day is coming, time to fall apart. Or time yeah. to break down with an injury and uh, try to pitch through that injury and, uh, you know, discretion not being the better part of valor. You know, he, he, he should, maybe should sit out for a while and doesn't. So uh, he's really flopped over the last four months of each of the last two seasons. But the first two were strong, which led me to believe that this year – he was possibly going to be really helpful because if he gave the Phillies those first two strong months again, well, that's all that the season is, is two months, you know? So yeah. if we, if we get what he did in April and May, the last two years in August and September, then the Phillies were going to have a, a solid arm, you know, to run out there every fifth day. Uh, as it turns out, he hasn't been bad, but he hasn't been good either. You know, he's pitched 25 innings. He's given up 25 hits. He's uh, he's only got 18 strikeouts, but he's not a big strikeout guy. Um, his ERA is 4.32, so that that's not a bad ERA. Um, if you if you look at what the the league wide ERA is, so it's it doesn't make him. He's not a Cy Young pitcher, and he never was going to be that. Anybody who expected him to to revert to Cy Young form uh, of, of six, seven years ago, you weren't going to get that with the Phillies. But I think that right now they're more often than not, they're getting what they, they should expect out of Arietta, which is he's, he's a, he may at this point be their fourth starter behind Wheeler, Nola and Eflin. And what he's produced so far this year, I'm fine with. So uh, he, you know, he, to a lot of fans, he's been a letdown. He has been a letdown. I don't think that he's the you know the reason that they lost the last couple of years. And uh, right now, I'm fine with him, especially since it's, he's on his last year. I'm fine with him taking up one of the slots in the rotation, especially if it's a back end role. Uh, it's it's important that they keep Wheeler and Nola healthy and pitching like you know coasis. And if they do that, and if Eflin stays, uh, Eflin's ERA, people talk up Eflin a lot, but he's got a 5-1-2 ERA. Uh, he's given up 22 hits in 19 innings. So even though he's been dominant, he's got 29 strikeouts in those 19 innings. He's He's gotten hit, you know, and he's gotten hit in inopportune times, uh, which is why he's only 1-1, one and one, even though he's got those 29 Ks. So they really need, I think Ari is going to give them those, you know, that kind of veteran yeoman like, you know, workman outings at the back of the rotation and say a, a, a three, four, five spot. But Wheeler and Nola have to stay coaces and they really need Eflin and Howard to to show that they are solid big league pitchers. If 
that happens, then that vastly improves their odds of getting one of those playoff spots. Yeah, and as you said, we're watching a game as we're doing the show tonight. And uh, how do you like those earlier start games? I I kind of like it myself. I mean, I know when the fans are back, they couldn't do it because a lot of people are late from work, getting out to the ballpark, things like that. But I love these six o'clock starts. They get done right on time for people that need to go to bed, get ready for work the next day. But uh, awesome time. I'm more than like it, Rich. I love them. I love these 605 starts. <clears throat> uh, just like you said, I mean, uh, I I much prefer a game that's ending, especially if I'm at it, if I'm, you know, putting in my time and I'm going down to the ballpark. I'd much rather get done at the ballpark at 9.15, 9.30 at night than 10.15, 10.30 at night. Uh, and I'm not even working anymore, you know, so yeah. – uh, uh, the 605s, I love them. And I really think one thing baseball in general needs to do is have more day games. Like like you said, you know, there's the problem of people getting to ballparks after work and all, but there's a lot of flexibility in hours these days as far as work goes. I think yeah. the bigger issue is they like baseball likes the 705 starts and even later because fans tend to get to the park earlier. And they, they want them in the park, you know, an hour, hour and a half before the game. They want them spending money, walking around, buying food, buying uh, merchandise, that type of thing. So <clears throat> I think that's the bigger factor is that MLB looks at and the teams look at revenue. You know, they look at if we start at 7.05, fans are going to get here earlier and they're going to – spend money while they're here if we start at 605 they might start wandering in a half hour before the game instead of an hour and a half before the game so uh, that's what i think the issue is and i, I really look back to when i was a kid i remember uh, back in the 70s when i was a preteen and a teenager following the phillies when they were starting to win and then uh, when i was a, a teen they were you know winning division titles in the late 70s and I remember them clinching at least one of those titles while I was coming home from school one day or right after school it was during the day game. So, you know, I, I think that something's missing from, especially in the postseason, from getting kids to watch and enjoy the games. Uh, and the, I don't understand why there isn't at least one postseason baseball game on, especially in the, you know, maybe first couple rounds. Uh, and, as often as possible you know we we should be getting kids to be able to watch postseason baseball uh, as regularly as we can so i agree with you i like the earlier starting times and i wish there were a few more even when this is all over yeah and as you said uh, during the 70s i remember being a, a young kid in baseball playoffs were in the afternoons a lot of the time um on the weekends and Things like that. It was all, never always a night game like it is now. But, uh, yeah, with this COVID crisis that we're getting through, uh, it seems like the schedule changes really are are nice, and especially hockey. I mean, this afternoon we had the Flyers playing at 3 o'clock, playoff game. I mean, that's unheard of to, <laughs> to have the hockey uh, going – course it's going around the clock as well but uh 
love those start times, even if I'm working. You know, you can tune in, catch five minutes here and there. Um, it's just great timing. It's it's much better than the usual for some reason, and less hustle bustle to uh, to get home, get ready for the game, that sort of thing. Then it ends up being too late when it gets done. Sometimes you can't finish it if you <laughs> you know if you're due to get up early the next day or whatever. But uh, so great thing for that at least. And as we're talking about that COVID crisis, it seems like especially over here in Jersey, uh, soon the gyms will be back open to 25% capacity. So we're, we're seeing a gradual move back to the normal. I'm wondering, uh, only a month left in the regular season of baseball. I doubt we're going to be able to see any fans in the stands, but do you think baseball may be missing uh, some revenue from not having any fans in attendance? Well, that's obvious, Rich. You know, very obvious there, because they're losing a lot of revenue. Uh, they're they're still getting, and this is part of the reason why they were going to have a season uh, in some form, or why they worked so hard to make sure that they had a season in some form, was to you know make sure that they didn't lose. Complete wasn't a complete failure. I mean, they're getting television revenue, uh, broadcasting revenue from TV and radio, so. Uh, and, and, and advertisements in those TV and radio broadcasts, so that there's certainly some revenue coming into the game, but they're they're definitely taking a major hit. I mean, you're not getting twenty, thirty, forty thousand people into into ballparks all across the country on a nightly basis, which would be the norm, you know, with all those people buying food and merchandise and paying for parking and all that type of thing. So, uh, yeah, they're definitely taking a big hit. And, and, and at that, um, looking, the Phillies just fell behind two to one. Thanks to Howie Kendrick, uh, yeah. last year's world series MVP with an RBI hit. So, uh, Aaron Nola getting in a little bit of trouble here. I think it's in the fourth inning. All right. Uh, and by the way, dealing with the COVID, though, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, by the way, the Nationals picking up on some of the Phillies castaway. We have Asdrubal a Cabrera in this game. Uh, solid, solid player. Yeah, he's had a nice uh, I don't season know why the Phillies let him go. Yeah, he's had a nice season for them. So I think that he, I don't think he was ever, you know, long for here you know he was just kind of a stopgap they picked up to help them through one season and then you know he was gone uh, but to get get back to that covid uh, situation i think one thing that i would like to say about covid is that major league baseball and to an extent the other the other sports uh, trying to go in the bubble but major league baseball is the from my point of view, has had done a fantastic job putting this season on. Um, so much, so much that they were battling up against, and to be able to have the teams play in their parks, uh, to be able to travel around, to have a couple of outbreaks or a couple of uh, positive tests, and then to be able to respond to each of those situations. The, the initial weekend Miami Marlins situation and then uh, after they had everything going well for a couple of weeks the St. Louis Cardinals to run into their situation which lasted longer even than Miami's 
Um, and for baseball to be able to figure out, figure out a way to keep it going with the seven inning double headers and uh, what, it, what it took to negotiate that with the players association. Uh, I'm not a big, big fan of seven inning double headers, actually, except that I actually, when I watch them, uh, I've actually enjoyed the seven inning double headers, uh, but uh, I almost forgot in the one game, you know, that it was, I'm like, okay, the Phillies are losing. They got like three more chances. And then uh, the game ended in the seventh thing. I'm like, Oh, I forgot. It's only seven innings. But, uh, I think major league baseball has done an outstanding job in putting together a season and r- operating and running it despite still having uh, COVID insert itself into the season two or three different times. So uh, hopefully, you know, they're still able to navigate uh, over this last month and then, you know, into and through October. And I think there'll be a big sigh of relief if somebody is jumping around, you know, if they want to if they want to jump around and celebrate their World Series and dump champagne over themselves and violate COVID uh, protocols in late October. I think Major League Baseball will still breathe a huge sigh of relief, you know, that it was able to get through. A 60 game season and uh, hopefully some exciting playoffs in October. Uh, it, it's they're doing a good job to this point in putting on a season under the circumstances. Yes, they are, and they have been, you know, tested many times, as you said, with the COVID crisis. And knock on wood, there there hasn't been any long lasting that I've heard of anyway players that haven't been able to shake it or come through okay uh whereas you know some of the population it doesn't happen that way so luck one of the thing you got to imagine is uh when you're dealing with these guys you're dealing with uh, i won't say a different class of person but a, you know a different category if you will of person these are not only young people you know even the veterans you know like an andrew mccutcheon he's 33 years old that's that's not really old i remember being 33 and i was still playing this game so you know 33 isn't old at all and he's the oldest player a position player or one of them on the phillies uh neil walker's 34 but you know you're talking about uh guys who are in their 20s for the most part and they're they're in great shape. They're in premier shape. So, you know, this is, uh, it's different than Joe Schmo out there who may be out of shape, maybe dealing with some, uh, um, you know, already pre-existing conditions as far as medical goes. And the, and we all know this now, there's enough information out there on COVID. The vast majority of, not everyone, but the vast majority of people who are suffering with real problems are senior citizens or elderly people, uh, that or people who had some kind of, you know, major uh, pre-existing condition that they were dealing with. Uh, It it does bite some younger people occasionally, but the overwhelming, I think it's more than 90 some percent, 95, 99 percent of the people who have the worst symptoms, uh, including deaths, are elderly or people with other conditions uh, that they were already dealing with. So you don't have that with these major athletes. You know, they're in great shape. They're in the prime of their lives, and they're going to, for the most part, bounce back quickly. Um, right here in the Phillies, Scott Kinkery dealt with it pretty badly. Uh, he had a good hit with it. It took him a while to recover. 
He was ready to go when the season started, even though he had been dealing with uh, the COVID for a couple of months uh, and its aftermath. Uh, but he, you see what a slow start that he's off on. I mean, he's super slow. He's only hitting 123 coming into tonight. He has just one extra base hit. That came last night in a double. Um, so, you know, Kingery, to me, it's very obvious, you know, that if you if you look at the fact that he, you know, had a hard fight with the the uh, virus and he's had such a slow start to me that that's not a coincidence. Um, you know, perhaps the team should have considered that and said, Hey, look, you know, let's go send this guy to Lehigh Valley and let him rest a little and play it a, a, a lesser, you know, under less pressure and, and, and train more and maybe bring him in in September, you know, to help us. But, uh, you know, I guess he, he feels healthy enough and looks healthy enough and probably for just walking around town, he is healthy enough. But to perform at a, a high quality major league level, he's just not doing it so far. Um, Ranger Suarez has battled the COVID for the Phillies and it's taken him a while to get ready. And he has just recently begun throwing up there in Lehigh Valley. Uh, the Phillies hope to have him. Uh, at some point uh, in September, ready to help the bullpen down the stretch. So, you know, the Phillies have been touched by this COVID. It's not like it hasn't touched them. Um, and it has, you know, you, you, we've heard about Freddie Freeman and other people have popped up around the game. So uh, it's it's still there, you know, Rich, even, even here in Major League Baseball, even with these young, great-shaped 20-something athletes. Yes, indeed. Knock on wood. Hopefully uh, the rest of the season, the rest of this year goes well for everyone, as we've been talking about, even our listeners out there wearing your masks and washing your hands all of the time. Uh, speaking of our listeners, Matt, I'll roll through some of the stats of the podcast. Uh, 61% of the listeners tune into this show from Apple Podcasts. So thank you very much. If you're listening to the show, please subscribe. Get every show right into your uh, iPhone or your iPad, wherever you listen to the show automatically. It's great stuff. 7% from Anchor, 5% Podcast Attic, which is an app, uh, Stitcher with 4%, and then we have Other, 23%. So big, big Other there. <laughs> imagining uh, maybe Google podcasts are in, in play there, but not, not listed. Let's see what else we have. Some more stats here. Uh, 91% of our listeners are identified as male. So <laughs> thanks guys out there and 7% female. So we also want to tip our caps to the ladies out there listening to the show. I got a problem with those stats, Rich. My problem <laughs> is, what are the other two percent? <laughs> one says non-specified. Non <laughs> okay. Yeah, one I says non-specified. Yeah, I was like, oh, Jesus, uh, Fido out there pushing the button and listening and, and then voting somehow? I don't know. The source of this is Spotify. So, you know, it, it draws from whoever, um, you know, they can identify. So <laughs> missing I mean, a little bit there. A Phillies action. The Aaron Nola pitched out of a jam there in the fourth inning. So we're down two to one after four. 
Very cool. So oh, hopefully, he's, able to go on. he's only at around. Uh, looked like he was only at around sixty pitches or so. So he should be able to you know, come out there for the fifth inning. And you know, one run isn't going to win any game. So the offense is going to have to get going here. The Phillies are up against uh, Nationals' tough left-hander Patrick Corbin. So hopefully, we can get it going here. Yes, indeed. All right. Look, just to wrap up, a couple more stats here. Eighty-nine um, percent of our listeners are in the United States. We have 3% up north in Canada. Hey, how you doing, guys? Hey. Um, we've got uh, United Kingdom with 1%, Ireland 1%, Sweden 1%. <laughs> hey, top of the morning to you. Irish brogue. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the podcast, everyone out there. So hope you enjoyed those stats. I'll bring them up from time to time on different shows. And um, what can I say other than we're enjoying doing the show, even though I myself am really not enjoying the season. I can't get into it without the fans being there, the, the you know, automatic um, feedback that they, they give um, during the game. I'll do it game. for you, Rich. I'll, I'll get into <laughs> it for you. I've been into it, so. I'm into I'm into it fully, just as I always am, and I'm happy to have it. And so, uh, you know, I, I have been enjoying it. So, uh, obviously, of course, I get what you're saying. Uh, it, it is great to have that immediate feedback. I'll tell you who's done a great job with that is I might have even mentioned that on this on the last uh, either I put it on social media or I mentioned it on our last podcast, but. The NHL has done a fantastic job in their playoffs in the bubble with crowd reaction noises. You know, all these sports now are using the piped in, you know, uh, canned fan, you know, backgrounds. But the NHL has it timed perfectly. Like somebody scores a goal, you know, it sounds like you're in a in a arena, you know, where the fans react right when the goal scored. Uh, you know, there's some some major save or play. There's a, 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 there's a reaction. So somebody is doing great production work with, for the NHL. Uh, it's a little bit better than than Major League Baseball. So though baseball seems to be picking up on it, I've noticed with things like home runs and great plays. But they've been slower than the NHL. Yeah, yeah, that's good that you bring that up. The Flyers uh, with an awesome four to three overtime win. Today, I filled my afternoon up with, you know, checking on that, doing other things around the house. Um, but, yeah, they pulled it out, and uh, and it works for them being in that bubble. You know, as you said, the MLB chose not to do it in the bubble, and they're still surviving, thank goodness. And, um, you know, Well, you bring just, that up, Rich, and they're actually – uh, the the discussion in the last couple of days, big big discussion, and I saw it uh, seems to have been uh, confirmed this afternoon by Ken Rosenthal, who, for my money, is the you know is the be all and end all as far as official word from Major League Baseball goes, insiders. But Major League Baseball is seriously considering a bubble for the postseason. It seems that they're going to go to California for the for the, I believe, teams like on on the on the western end, end of things, um, maybe it's leagues like they'll have the AL in one league and the NL in the other location. But uh, the other location would 
be Texas. So uh, if I can you know, try to get back to that and see how they're actually going to break it down. But they're absolutely talking about using that format of the bubble for the postseason. And um, what they're talking about now is that, there are th- that they have the three ballparks in Southern California. They would use those uh, as well as f- uh, they would use those for the American League playoffs. And that would be Los Angeles, San Diego, and Anaheim. And then for the National League, they would use the two Texas ballparks, the New Rangers Park and the Houston Astros ballpark. So the NL would play their games in a Texas bubble, and the AL would play their games in a California, Southern California bubble. Uh, With the World Series being played possibly in Arizona, in Arizona's ballpark. so, you know, nothing has been finalized. Those are the talks that are going on. Um, the World Series could be at the Rangers' new ballpark. A lot of it is subject to uh, final MLB ownership approval. It seems that it's been worked out with the Players Association where they're on board with it. So uh, I, would, I would look for that right now. I would look for for fans to start uh, preparing for their, that there probably wouldn't be any playoff games at Citizens Bank Park. Uh, postseason going to be in controlled sites in a bubble. Uh, interesting. So I'll have to keep an eye on that. As you said, uh, some of those writers have a direct feed <laughs> to the negotiations. They're always mentioning who's first with the information, but uh, we'll wait for that information to come out. And uh, it'll be interesting to discuss it. Why don't you tell the listeners where they can find you on the web, Matt? Well, as the, the website, as you mentioned at the top of the show, is philliesbell.com. Uh, we're commenting on the, the team all the time there. And most recently, just put out this past week, our uh, MLB Power Rankings. Uh, that, that actually put those out in the middle of August, and we'll be, I'll be updating those on Memorial Day weekend. So uh, first MLB power ranking came out. And we also had one of our writers, Tony Campo, talk about the possibility of replacing and maybe possibly time to replace uh, General Manager Matt Klentak. So we're we're, um, tossing in our commentary and our opinions on Major League Baseball and the Phillies from time to time on philliesbell.com and then uh, regularly tweeting out on at philliesbell. And you can also find some uh, tidbits on at Phillies Bell on Facebook and on Instagram. So the website is philliesbell.com and the social media feed, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram is at Phillies Bell. Very cool. Catch you there on the web. And of course, for the uh, home of Phillies talk, it's over at fightingphillies.com. Time to time, I'll put an article up there or two. Appreciate you stopping by, saying hello. Leave me a comment, or if you have a suggestion for Matt and I to talk about on the next show or an upcoming show, send me an email over to rich at fightingphillies.com. And I'll be glad to uh, get your request uh, underway. All right, Matt, we got uh, Phillies now. Down in this game, two to one, but uh, it's not all lost yet. 
I don't think. Uh, hopefully they can pull this one out and continue that win streak. Sure. It's only we're only halfway through. We're in the top of the fifth. We got a runner on base with a couple of outs. We're down two to one, but a long way to go in this one. Uh, they wrap up their series with the Nationals with an interesting game. Fans want to tune in for a 6:37 first pitch on Thursday night, August 27th. They're sending that rookie Spencer Howard out uh, against Mad Max, Max Scherzer. So that should be an interesting game Thursday night. And then over the weekend, they come back home. The uh, division rival Atlanta Braves for three, and then the Washington Nationals for four next week. So uh, some good Phillies baseball up ahead. Yes, indeed. And uh, we got to tip our caps to the broadcasters as well, doing the games from remote locations. Uh, must be pretty tough for them. I watched a special now that you talked about hockey a little bit, how Jim Jackson's calling the game from the the office practically. He's got two monitors up there, and you would hardly know that they're not at the ballpark. Yeah, they're they're doing a good job. It, it does throw you off because – I remember when they were on the road uh, last week or earlier this week at some point, I remember them saying T-Mac and uh, whoever was broadcasting with him that night was talking about how the that, uh, that that fanatic crew, you know, that's out there with their air horns and uh, blowing them when they were talking about them being there. And I'm like, what do you mean they're there? They're Phillies are on the road. And then I realized they're broadcasting from Citizens Bank Park. Yeah, and they had the fan group was still out there. To I can't can't forget what they're calling themselves now, but the that you know fanatic crew or whatever uh, out there and beyond Ashburn Alley every night they have a dozen you know fifteen twenty people out there who are blasting air horns and cheering and holding signs. So you know Philly fans are great, and they're still coming out. They're still going to the ballpark even in a pandemic. <laughs> yeah, and the uh, you know. 12 or dozen or so. Yeah, they are making a lot of noise out there. So uh, more power to them. Uh, I hope we uh, wrap this COVID thing up as quick as possible now that we're uh, not promised a uh, vaccination of some sort by October, but that seems to be where we're heading. So crossing the fingers, hope everything gets better and uh, we'll talk to everyone on the next edition of Philly's Talk Podcast. Take care, everyone. Go Phils. Stay tuned for more Philly's Baseball Talk on the next Philly's Talk Podcast.